Hey, this is Pastor Brian. I want to welcome you to the Reach Church Podcast. We hope this message helps and encourages you wherever you are in life and brings you closer to Jesus. We hope you enjoy the message. We're going to read in Psalms chapter 116 and then Psalm 66. I read it last week briefly. I don't know if I did it at the second service. I don't think I did. Um, but I believe it's really, really powerful when you hear the nature of God. And this is Psalms 116, verses 1 through 2. And I, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation because I believe, um, you know, there are different translations. And I'm not saying, this is more of like a paraphrase. This is not a translation. This is not an accurate translation. This is more of a paraphrase. But what I do love about this is that it humanizes God. It makes God, it makes Jesus, it makes us realize how much God is involved and wants to be involved in our lives, right? That he is not this distant being up in outer space, outer, outer space, I did it again. (laughs) It wasn't recorded, so it doesn't matter. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, in outer space, um, outer, outer space, if you say it fast, it just sounds like that, okay? And uh, so, you know, sometimes, like, that's how we can perceive God. It's like, yeah, he's close, but he's distant. And that's what I love about the Passion Translation is it really makes God come alive in a more personal, in a more personal way, right? I think that we can never have God more personal than, than, than um, you know, so many times we distance God. It's like God is here, and he, when he really wants to get involved, he might come. But this, this passage of Scripture really awakens us to the nature and the tendencies of God, okay? So this is what it says in Psalms 116, verses 1 and 2. It says this, I am passionately in love with God because, he's, because he listens to me. He hears my prayers and he answers them. As long as I live, I'll keep praying to him. For he stoops down to listen to my heart's cry. Isn't that powerful? Cool, no, okay, good. Gonna be a great service. Awesome. Psalm 66, see if this one's better for you, okay? If you didn't like that one. Psalm 66, verse 19, it says this, but praise rises to God, for he paid attention to my prayer, and he answered my cry to him. I will forever praise this God who didn't close his heart when I prayed and never said no when I asked him for help. He never once refused to show me his tender love. Man, what an incredible realization and, and, and exposure to the humanity of God and the realness of what he wants to be in our lives. I want to pray and then we'll, we'll get started. Father, I thank you for, God, the nature and the character of who you are, God. That in scripture, God, you are displayed as a God who cares, God, a God who listens, a God who answers. And God, I thank you this morning, God, that our hearts would become full of faith, knowing, God, that you do listen, that you do hear, that you do answer. And God, I pray that, that this morning, God, that as we take that, God, that you would allow, God, the, the realness of who you are to get involved in our lives, God, to, to make us more aware of you, God. And as that happens, God, that we would desire to make you more famous today than you were yesterday. And if you believe that, you can say amen with me this morning. If you're into titles, you can write this down. Can you still believe? Can you still believe? And uh, I don't know about you, but if you've got kids and you've ever um, 
if you haven't had kids or you know a kid and you've seen a kid talking to a parent and they're like, hey, hey, dad, hey, mom, hey, dad, hey, mom. And the mom or the dad is like looking at something. Maybe they're reading a magazine. More than likely in today, they're in a phone, okay? And they're, you know, they're looking at something. Maybe they're working on a work email. Maybe they're, that's what we say, right? It's work. I'm doing work, kid. And, uh, and they're like, dad, 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 my daughter, whoever taught her this, I'm not sure. I'm going to hunt them down and get them. But she says, dad, listen to me with your listening eyes. Implying, look, dad, I don't want you to look at me and tell, look at that and tell me you're listening. I want you to look at me. And she does this every time. Dad, look at me with your listening eyes. And I think that sometimes that that's how we feel about God, that we've been praying to God and God is too busy with something over here in somebody else's life and God isn't hearing you and you're ignored. And you're like, God, God, listen to me with your listening eyes. Right? It's like we don't, we're not convinced that God sometimes really cares about our prayer because our prayer isn't big enough. Our need isn't bigger than the person over here who lost somebody or who's going through something. They got diagnosed with something. And so there, I can't pray this prayer because then I'm selfish, right? But this scripture really brings down the reality that, that God does some things that we need to be convinced of, right? That God really does care. He really does listen and he really does answer. But when's the last time that you've really been convinced that God hears, God listens? Because there's a big difference from hearing and listening. Would you agree? I hear a lot of things that my wife says. I don't listen to all of them. Right? No, any other man not want to be honest in the house? Okay. That's why you get in trouble when you get home and she says, I told you, and you said yes, and you didn't know you said yes. That's called hearing and not listening. God hears, God listens, and God answers. There's a huge difference between all of those. Now, imagine a lot of us think that God hears us, that God listens to us maybe, but a lot of us are not convinced that God answers things. How many of you all have had a prayer that you've prayed that didn't get answered? You're like, ah, right? The reality is, is if God didn't give it the way you wanted it, he still answered it. How many of you all prayed those prayers when you were in uh, junior high for the girl that you wanted to date? Lord, let me... God answered your prayer. Go look at your Facebook and find them. God answered your prayer. Right? Yeah. Like, I would have been married to them. I mean, God intervened in our lives. Look what I got. I mean, God intervened in my life. Right? And here it says this, I am passionately in love with God because he listens to me. He hears my prayers. He hears my prayers. And he answers them. As long as I live, I'll keep praying to him. In other words, I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing because I am in faith that God hears me, he listens to me, and he answers me. This is the the fascinating part. For he stoops down to listen to my heart's cry. It is a, a big difference if I'm the role of God and my wife is talking to me, let's say. There's a huge difference in a husband and wife. If my wife is talking to me and I'm like, yeah, yeah, and I'm listening to her from a distance in the other room, there's a huge difference if she's talking to me and I'm like, hey babe, I can't hear you. And I come into the other room and I'm like, hey, what were you saying? That's a huge difference, right? Like over here, it's like, I don't really care, right? Uh, Whatever they said, she said, what? She's gonna make me something for lunch? Okay, cool. No, she said, get in here and make me lunch. Oh, okay, (laughs) right? No, what does that say? What does that say from coming over here to over here that I care? 
right? This is what the Bible says, is that it says that God stoops down. In other words, he says, hey, what are you saying? Right? And then you just start crying. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> he stoops down to listen to my heart's cry. This is what I want to set up from the very beginning. The first point that I want, to, I want to set up for us is men, women, I don't care how tough you are. I don't care how girly you are. This is applicable for every one of us. Make it your desire to pray because it's God's desire to hear. You have to make it your desire to pray because it is God's desire to hear them. And here's the thing. Oftentimes, there are moments when we started in our faith, it was like, I'm going to pray, I'm going to believe God, this is what we're supposed to do. And then sometimes those prayers don't get answered, so what do we do? We begin to wrap our theology around our experience. We begin to distance ourselves from prayer because prayer didn't get answered the way that we wanted to, so we begin to create a theology that God doesn't care, that God doesn't hear me, right? Have you ever done that? Have you ever taken an experience in your life and said, well, that's just the nature of God. Well, then what you have to do if, so that you can stay in theology is you have to get back into the Bible and read Psalms 116, who says, as long as I live, I keep praying, for he stoops down to listen to my heart's cry. Or you go to this, and it says, he hears my prayers, and he answers them. Now understand, a prayer, God is not responsible to respond in the time frame that you put it in. He is responsible to answer in the time frame that he knows that it needs to be answered in. And in the way that he's, it's supposed to be answered. But a lot of times we stop praying because we don't think God hears us. Would you admit that this morning? Many of you have stopped praying. You've gotten frustrated at God. You've gotten bitter at God. You've gotten mad at God. You've gotten angry at God because a prayer didn't happen within the time frame that you needed it or you wanted it. And so you take it up and you say, well, God just doesn't care about me or doesn't listen to me. You, you've got to find that. Where is that in, in Bible? Where is that in Scripture? You're never going to find that because that's not the nature of God, right? See, the power of prayer is that he not only listens, but he answers. God is answering prayers right now, prayers that you prayed. And oftentimes, when we don't see it in the time frame that we would like to see it, we assume God doesn't care. God's not going to come through. God's not going to answer this. What happens is this, is that it, it begins to convince us of the nature of God. Based on us getting an answer or not getting an answer, it begins to create what we're convinced or not convinced of God. And here's the thing, is that at the level we are convinced God hears us will be the level that we pray. So what happens is as we become convinced less and less that God hears us and cares, what do we do? We convince ourselves we don't need to pray because God doesn't hear us. But the more that we begin to understand, okay, God answers my prayers even when he doesn't come through the way that I want him to. God does answer those prayers. God right now is answering things that you don't understand in a way that maybe you don't understand. And I'm going to get into some things to help you understand that here in a minute. But let me just say this, that prayer isn't begging God. It's believing God. There's a huge difference from begging and believing. My daughter, there are moments where she begs me, and then there are other moments where she actually believes me. Okay, I'm his son. I'm, I'm, I'm his daughter. I'm going to believe 
that he will get me what I need because he knows. My daughter, anytime, either, well, Jay or Anaya, Anaya's just constantly in that give me state, right? Banana? Like, really? I mean, she just wants everything. And if you say no, y'all, some of y'all are like Anaya. She can't handle no. I mean, you say no, and it's like you have ruined her life. And, uh, you know, it's like we move into that place where God says no. You know, God does answer no. Not everything we pray, he gives us a yes to. Right? I know some of the things you wish God would have given yes to. He gave you a no, and it's because he knows more than you do. Right? But here's what I want to say is that prayer isn't begging God. It's believing God. It's believing the nature that God hears me. I don't need to beg God because I'm his son. Right, your kids, if they're really convinced that you're their father and their mother, right, whenever they ask you, they have this ability to believe, no, if God, if, if, if he said he's going to do it, he'll do it. Now, he may not do it the way that I want, but he will do it. Right, and oftentimes we spend our lives begging God as if he's not the father that he says he is in our lives. And this is where, this isn't an opportunity to blame God. This is an opportunity for you to say, why am I begging God? Am I not believing? Do I not believe and trust that he is who he says he is in my life? Right? And so we move into, oh, God, God, please, please give me, give me, give me. And it's like, right, like Christina Aguilera had it right when she said it's a genie in a bottle. Like, right? Like, God is not a genie in a bottle. Like, you don't get to like, okay, today is, Lord, give me. And it's like, no, it's an intimate relationship. It's this thing that we create through being intimate with God. And prayer, it's not begging, it's believing. Can we believe God for the things that he asks us to pray? Because there, let me just say this, there are things that God asks me to pray, and then there are things that I just feel like I need to pray. And sometimes I just pray because it's like, well, maybe God will do it for me. God will not bless your dysfunction through a prayer. Sometimes we pray things that we're asking God to do, and you're not at the maturity level for him to give it to you. Right? We're like, God, I need this. I really need you to do this. And God says, I would love to do that, but if I gave that to you, it would hurt you, not help you. And sometimes we have to get to a maturity level for the things that we're praying. Right? So that when God does give it to us, when he does give it and he hands it over to us, that we can steward it well and we can take care of it. We can manage it because God would never bless you with something that could kill you. Right? I mean, if my daughter's like, Dad, let me have the keys to the car, I'm not going to be like, here you go, kid. Right? Why? Because it would kill you. <laughs> you would get hurt. She might be able to start it. She might be able to get it into gear. She might be able to back it out of the garage. That's about as far as we're going to go there. Right? At some point, what, he, what I would bless her with would eventually hurt her or someone else. And sometimes we're not at the maturity level to pray. We're at the place where we can pray something, but not at the maturity level to receive the answer for it. And so God puts this thing in check. He's like, okay, that's something they've prayed. We'll get back to that when they're at a maturity level, they can handle it. I'm still not, not going to answer it, but I've got to answer it within the timing and at the maturity level that they're at. I think that one of the hardest things that are things, one of the things that create prayer to be the hardest is when we have to depend on God and not ourselves. Because we have been taught from the moment that we get, you know, come out of the womb to become dependent on ourselves, to get, to become independent of people. Like, you've got to be able to be, get through life on your own, right? And then we join this faith thing, and we're supposed to now be dependent on something, 
on someone, right? And it's like, how, how does this work? And so what we've done is we, we tend to want to not be dependent on anybody else. And so prayer is one of those moments where you have to depend on something other than you. You have to trust God in something that is bigger and outside of your ability to change it, right? And so what happens is that we begin to, in that, not trust God. And in that, we begin to be like, well, as we pray, it's like, man, move, what moves, in, moves us into a place of, God, do you even hear me? And God, do you ever care? And I don't know about you, but I've been there. I've been there where I've prayed prayers and actually questioned the character and the nature of God. Do you hear me? Do you care? I remember going through the walk with Alicia as we were going through this, you know, having a baby thing. And it was like five, everything. I feel like God did so many things in my life. And we get to this moment where it's like year after year after year, week after week, month after month being reminded no baby. And then Alicia being emotional about something with this whole process, and then it's now I'm having to deal with her emotions and getting frustrated at God that, God, why am I having to deal with something that you can fix? Right? Being, and, and that's really real and raw and honest, right? That, that you would get to those places. We all get to those places where we question whether God hears us or that he really cares, But if you take the scripture and you run those thoughts through Psalms 116 and through Psalms 66, which there's a ton more in Psalms, there's a ton more in the New Testament, but if you run that kind of stuff through the scriptures, you will be convinced and then it will build faith. No, God does hear me. God heard Abraham, God heard heard all of these different people. But what the enemy wants to do is to convince you that God doesn't care and God doesn't hear. And then what do you do? You take that and you wrap that around and you create that theology. And then you get someone, you go to deconstruction and that's when you go into all these different things. Like I'm leaving the faith. God doesn't care. Why do I need to serve this God when he doesn't even hear me? Right? That's why people tend to leave the churches. Maybe through those things, it's like, well, this is, God just doesn't care about me. He's supposed to be a loving father and he doesn't care. And this is what the enemy loves. He loves this type of stuff because of what does it do? It causes us to leave and abandon our faith, right? And as, as I was thinking about this, I was reading just the whole Christmas story from the last sermon that I was preaching. And as I was reading, I was reading about the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And if you want to turn there, you can turn with me to Luke chapter 1. And there's some pretty fascinating things that I feel like the Lord showed me in this that I think that can really help us if you're in a place of doubt, if you're in a place of praying. How many of you know that you can pray and not believe? You can get to the place where you're just praying things because that's what Christians have told you you're supposed to do as a Christian, but not believe. There is also times where we have prayed and believed, and we have stopped believing. We've prayed and prayed for year after year, after year after year, and then now praying, it's like, well, I pray, but I don't really believe it. If I just feel like, I, if I remind God, if I just remind him, that maybe if he wants to do something, he will. Right? And it comes down to, it's, it's just about, I'm just going to pray, I'm going to throw it out there, and maybe he'll hear me. And Luke 1 really exposes some things. In verse 6, it starts off and it says this, Zechariah and Elizabeth 
were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for this order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn, and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him, but the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Yeah, easy for you to say, angel. I mean, right? I mean, who knows how big this thing is? And it's like, hey, Zechariah. I'm like, what the heck? How'd you get in here? I mean, he's like, oh, don't be afraid. Like, every time you see an angel in Scripture, it's like, oh, don't be afraid of me. I'm like, dude, you're huge. <laughs> right? I just think it's funny, the things that happen in Scripture. He's like, bro, calm down. I'm from heaven. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> right? And as I was reading this, let, let's look at a couple of things. They had been believing God for a baby. Yes? They had not had their baby. Yes? They had not received their baby. They had been believing and praying God for a baby. They are now well in their age. Right? The Bible says that Zechariah was old. Right? It says he was old. And I think that that's, that's this thing. So we see that there's not, this prayer wasn't just like a one-time thing. This thing had been going on and on to, to apparently no answer. But here's the cool thing about it. It says this, and we could just go through it so quickly and miss it. Verse 6, Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. How many of you know, if y'all ain't heard a prayer answer, and it's been a long time, isn't this incredible and fascinating that it says that their character, they were still righteous, and they were still doing everything the Lord had asked them to do. In other words, they didn't start blaming God. They didn't start saying, God, you know what? You can find another high priest. I'm, 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 he's doing something that for everybody else is something, it's, it's a religious thing. Like it is one of the most important things that anybody does in their religious, in their religious culture there is that the high priest goes in to be intimate with God. Imagine going in to be intimate with a God who you've been praying to for 50 years and you've never gotten anything from him. But the Bible says that he was righteous in God's eyes. Right? He was righteous in God's eyes and careful to obey all the Lord's commandments. Now, come on. You know that if this is us and we hadn't gotten to prayer, it's like, you know what? I don't have to do everything. Like, God hasn't come through. He's all right if I just show up every now and again, if I don't really burn incense all day. Right? Like, you kind of start feeling like God is going to give me a little grace. I mean, he's not really answering my prayers, so I don't have to show up all the way. But it says Zechariah was righteous. He did everything the Lord had asked him to do. And I was thinking about that, and it's like, man, this guy had been praying a prayer, him and his wife, believing God. The prayer had not come. There is no answer in sight. I mean, at this stage in the game, they're thinking this is over. God is not going to answer. If he did answer, he's not giving us what we believed God for. How many of you know that the things that we pray have seasons, seasons and times? Everything we pray, God doesn't give us until it's the right time and the right season. 
I remember being single, being leaving God for a spouse and be like, man, like, when is this ever going to happen? And it took my wife getting her life right before she get, <laughs> kidding. <laughs> Just making sure y'all are awake. Okay. But there are seasons and there is times for everything that we pray. And this is what I took away from this is that many of us, we would blame, we could, we could begin to look at our lives and do intro. We could start saying, man, God, it's because I've done this and it's because I've done this because I've not done this because I've not been obedient here. It's not been this. Then what's the problem with Zechariah and Elizabeth? Why aren't they getting it? Because it says that they were righteous in God's eyes and they were doing everything God asked them to do. Have you ever felt like that? God, I'm, I'm doing everything you've asked me to do and you're still not coming through. Right? It's getting real in here now, huh? Because every one of you have thought that thought and every one of you have prayed those prayers. And here's the thing that I took away is that the response of God isn't always a reflection of character or conduct. God's response or lack of response is not always a reflection of your character or your conduct. It's a reflection of timing and seasons. Sometimes we forget that seasons and times are a crucial thing in the kingdom. The Bible talks about seed, say this with me, time, time, harvest. What we like to do is say it with me, seed, time, harvest. (laughs) Seed, time, harvest. It's seed, time, harvest. Right? And while we... If we were God, we would do seed time harvest. We would like to put the strawberry seed in the ground, and out comes strawberries, right? It goes in the ground. Poof, there's a plant full of strawberries, right? But what I want you to learn in this, what I want you to do is grab a hold of or grapple with this, the fact that God is doing something when nothing is happening. That when it seems like God is doing nothing, you have to understand the nature of God. God is never not doing something. That God is always doing something when nothing is looking like it's happening. That whenever you're looking and you've prayed a prayer and it's like nothing is happening, something is happening in somewhere you can't see. And what you have to do is you have to continue to believe that even though something isn't happening, something is happening even though I can't see it. So here's my question for you. What is something that you're praying that is not happening that something is happening? And you have to begin to believe, this is just really fun, right? That something is happening when you can't see anything. How many of you know that while Zachariah is in there doing what he's supposed to do, he's not getting bitter, he's not getting angry, he's not getting jealous at other people who have babies? No, he's still saying, God, something's happening when nothing's happening. I'm going to continue to do what you've asked me to do. See, when prayer becomes mainly about what God can give us and not about the relationship, you're in dangerous territory. Right? How, how have, you, have you ever had a relationship that you've gotten, a friendship you've cultivated, and it's, when they call you, it's because they need something? And that's all that relationship is built on. That's why you ignore it all the time. <laughs> right? It's like, oh, what do they need? Right? I know certain people when they call me, I'm not going to call any of you out, but none of you are in here, so it's good. I'm just kidding. Right? Like, you know when certain people call you, it's because they need something. It's not because they just want to be a blessing in your life or just because, right? That's what kind of can tend to happen with our prayers. It's like, okay, God, I need you today, so I'm going to talk to you. 
God, I need you to come through in my finances. I've been a terrible steward, so I just need you to come through. That'd be a bad answer if God answers that. Right? Because then he's saying, look, I'm just going to reward you for being terrible with your money. Right? If you're, if you're being terrible with your marriage and you want God to repair your marriage, yet you're not willing to do anything to fix it, he's, gonna, it's not, he's not going to just wave a wand and be like, okay, healthy marriage. Right? But sometimes we pray these prayers because then it puts the work on God and not on us. And it would be an injustice for God to answer a prayer that you're not really willing to be responsible for. So here we see Zechariah, that he's doing everything that he's supposed to do. I mean, they, they are righteous in God's eyes. I don't know how much better you can be, right? Righteous in God's eyes. They have everything together. Here's the fascinating thing is that Zechariah never stops serving God based on whether his prayers come to pass or not. He shows up to that temple ready to give God everything he has even though he doesn't have everything he, he wants. And how many of us have kind of backed away from our love for God and our service for God and our giving towards God and our willingness to evangelize for him based on what he has not given us? I, I gotta be honest, Zachariah convicts me because it is easy to serve God based on what he has given me. It is real hard to serve God sometimes based on what he has yet to give me or what I am really believing God for. Right? And I think that one of the things that, as we see this, so what does a high priest do? They're spending time with God. They're they're in there, they're in, in fellowship with God. As a high priest, this was the holy of holies. So whenever Jesus dies on the cross and the Bible talks about the veil being torn from the top to the bottom, this is where Zechariah is at. He's in that veil on the other side of it. The holy of holies. He is intimate, being intimate with God. How does Zechariah not get what he wants and keep his heart pure, keep his heart soft? One thing, intimacy with God. Because the more that you know who your God is, the more that you don't blame him, the more that you are convinced of whatever it is that God is wanting to do or whatever he's not doing is always for my benefit. If God is not answering your prayer, it is for your benefit and you have to become convinced of that, not bitter at it. Right? You, you have to really work against bitterness trying to set in your heart and the enemy whispering you, God doesn't love you, God doesn't care, God doesn't hear you. God's never gonna give you that. The only thing that fights that is your intimacy with God. That as you get intimate with God and you begin to do that, that's what keeps your heart soft. Right? It's like a sponge. Right? If if you've had one of those sponges in your kitchen, it's like if you don't put water on it, it doesn't need a lot of water. You just put a little water on it and all of a sudden it gets soft. Right? And even if you haven't done it in a while, it still stays damp. But the less that you are around, that sponge is around water, what does it do? It starts getting harder and harder and harder and harder. And try to wash a dish with it. It becomes a scrub and not a sponge. That's the power of intimacy. Intimacy softens our heart for the understanding and the faith and to believe God for whatever it is that you're asking us, God. Whatever you're asking me to do, I'm going to believe it. And that is what's happening here is, is, is that his devotion to God is is not based on what he will do for him. It is based on what he already is going to, what he already did. Like the fact that we serve Jesus not based on what he's going to do. 
I don't serve Jesus any more passionately now because of what he's going to do. I serve him for why I serve him for what he did do. The fact that he got on the cross, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. The blood was enough. And God, it didn't say that, hey, God will answer every single one of your prayers and plus if you receive him as, like, no, it's he, he's our Savior and he's our Lord and that is big enough and that is enough. But some of us have bought into some crazy stuff being like, well, God is this, he'll give you everything you want. I'm here to tell you right now, you swallowed the wrong pill. Because that's not the reality, is that there are things that God holds back for your sake. It is always for your sake. But sometimes we allow pride to get in our hearts and we begin to say, God, you've got to do this or. There's a couple of things that will push God away from you real quick. Sin is one of them. And pride, is which pride is sin. What does the Bible say? That God resists the proud. But what does he say about the humble? He comes close to the humble. That God rewards. Humility is a place of intimacy. The more intimate I am with God, the more humble I become because the more I depend on what he says and what, he, what he's doing in my life. This is where it gets really good. So verse 13, it says, but the, but the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. It also could say God's been hearing your prayer. Because we know this isn't the first time they've prayed. They've been believing God. Because how many of you know, in that time, when you didn't have a child, you were looked upon as really bad, as something going messed up with your life. Either you've caused it or whatever. But it says this. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. So would you agree that Zechariah and Elizabeth have been praying? Right? They have been praying. But here's, here's where we really get to see the truth of it. Verse 18. Zechariah said to the angel, how can it be sure this, how can I be sure that this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in ages. Definitely a smart man. He called himself old. He's like, and my wife's well in her years. <laughs> smart dude. No, don't know who trained him up, but I'm taking wisdom right there. Right, he's like, she's like, say, it, say old. Go ahead, say it, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, I'll keep you in that temple. You'll be, you'll be dead in there. Call me old. It's like elf. Say elf one more time. <laughs> All right. Right, so, so here, so check this out. So he's been praying. God says, I hear, I've heard your prayer. And now Zachariah is getting exposed for praying a prayer that he wasn't believing. How many of y'all have been praying a prayer, but you've gotten used to just praying the prayer, like, okay, God, you know, I prayed that prayer and I was believing, but now I'm just like in, you know, whatever stage and whatever land. Zachariah had been praying, and he had moved to a place of not believing, but just praying. God, hey, if it be your will, let it be. Okay. Right? You get to that place when you haven't had something move in your life in a while. It can go from just praying and believing to now it's just praying. Because when God finally sends an angel to respond to him, he is still living with question marks, not exclamation points. Right? He's praying a prayer that they've been believing and God finally says, hey, I've heard the prayer that you've been praying. He should have got cue number one, the fact that if someone sent from heaven was here to tell him about a prayer that he'd been praying that he had never heard. 
right? And sometimes it's like, what does God have to do to convince you that he hears you? And so many times we can move out of praying and believing to just praying, to just saying it. And this third and final point that I want to land with is this, is that believing is as, as essential as praying. I mean, as praying. It's not just praying, it's believing. Believing is as essential as praying. Those two have to go together. That it's this plus this equals this. It's not just praying a prayer. It's believing God. And I believe that a lot of us, this is what we do. Anybody got any prayers that you can think of right now that just think of a prayer? Anybody got a prayer? I need your hands raised. Prayer. You got a prayer? Okay, okay. Oh, we got a couple people over here. All right. Why don't you write these prayers down? Here you go. Write them down. I mean, really write them prayers down. Like, you know, fold it up. Got it? Sticky side. Perfect. You're like me. That's all right. The Lord will know what it is. If he can understand our tongues, he can definitely understand this. Right? So, so this is what we do. We, you know, we're believing God. This is why I believe that was, y'all were supposed to fold these up so I couldn't see them. I know what you're praying for. What number, Lance? Yeah. Three. Better than four because uh, that's what Courtney said last, uh, last Saturday. So I'm like, um, there's not a four. So, Lance? I mean, uh, Troy. Uh, t- <laughs> Troy? That's, how much, that's how much Troy he wears. <laughs> Troy Lee design. <laughs> that's literally what I was thinking. Lee, where y'all want this? Two. Which two, left or right? It's a big one. Left. Your left or my left? I'm kidding. Oh, man. I'm having way too much fun up here. That paper didn't work too well. Fat fingers over here. This is what, this is what a lot of times I think that we do. We write this prayer up to God, and we're like, okay, God, I'm going to put it in slot. We're going to put it in slot five. We're going to start over here. We're going to see if you'll answer it, Lord. He doesn't, and we're like, okay, God. Lee, I'm gonna do you over here. Oh, you get yours. That's crazy. They did that both times on both services. Someone gets one and someone doesn't. And this is how we kind of transition. This is what I believe happened with Zechariah. As they had been praying and believing, and then they moved to this like Plinko game. Is that what it's called? Whatever. It's like, well, I'm just going to drop it in and see if God hears me or wants to answer me. And praying is not about just saying, okay, God, I'm going to drop the token in and see if you'll hear me and answer me. It's so much more than that. God heard Zechariah's prayer the whole time for 25, 35, 40 years. He heard him. The problem is, the assignment on that son needed to be born right before Jesus was born so that he could prepare the way for Jesus. And some of the things we've been praying, we don't understand the things that we are praying are by God and from God, but they're also for God. That some of the things God has put on your heart for you to believe, they didn't come from you, they came from him. 
And God can't answer him until he needs that thing to come to pass. And he needed John the Baptist to be born at the time he needed to be born so that he could baptize Jesus into his ministry, so that he could initiate the call of on the call on Jesus' life. And Zachariah and Elizabeth could have been bitter, they could have been angry, they could have been jealous, they could have been frustrated, they could have been angry, and they could have said, you know what, I'm done serving in this temple. But the scary thing is about this whole story is that God hears your prayers even when you can become convinced and your heart can become hard that he hears you. And you have to run all of that doubt, fear, frustration, bitterness, angers, jealousy, all of that stuff. You've got to run it back through Psalms 116. This says, I hear you. I stoop down. I listen. I hear. I answer. Some of you all need to remember that. God hears you, God's listening, and God answers. And here's the thing, is Zechariah had gotten to the place where he was so in doubt, praying a prayer that he wasn't even thinking God was going to do. He says, hey man, I've heard the prayer. And you've moved out of believing, but I want to remind you, I've heard you and I'm going to do it for you. And I just want to encourage you. I believe that you, maybe you've been, in, you've been praying this year and you've been praying and then you've moved out of believing. That you're moving into a new year in just a few weeks. This is your opportunity to begin to say, okay, God, I'm going to begin to believe you, not only pray things. Look, there is no power in praying with there is, when, there is no, when there is no believing. Check this out. It says this in Romans 4, 20 through 21. It says, without losing faith, without not believing, Abraham, who was nearly 100 years old, took into account his own body. Some of you have taken into account your situation and your circumstance, and it has created doubt instead of faith. I don't know how I'm ever going to get here financially. I don't know how I'm ever going to get here with my marriage. I don't know how I'm ever going to get here in relationships. I don't know how I'm ever going to get here. And you and you have taken down the account. You're like, I don't know how God's going to do this. You've taken it into the wrong way. But this is what, this is what it says about Abraham. It says he took into account his own body, which was good as dead. And his wife, Sarah's womb, which was dead. Verse 20. He didn't hesitate with a lack of faith in God's promise. But he grew stronger in faith. Y'all hear that? When he was, let me just break this down. When he was believing and it looked like it was not going the right direction, he continued to believe even stronger. And a lot of times what we do is when something starts working against us, I'm another two years older, there's no way. Now we begin to move away from it and stop believing less instead of start believing more. It says Abraham's faith grew as he got older. He began to believe God for more as he got older. As he got farther away from the natural time to have a child, his faith grew. In other words, it's not just about praying. It's about believing the nature and the character of who Jesus is. That it is not this, hey, grab a token, drop it in, and maybe God will give it to you, and maybe he won't. 
if God said it, not you said God said it, if God said it, he will do it. Take it to the bank, cash it in and wait on it because it's coming. He says, but he grew strong in faith and gave glory to God. He was fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised. Fully convinced. Can you still believe? Just because you pray doesn't mean you believe. Many of us have prayed, but we have stopped believing. It may be for a family member. It may be for someone that you know at work. You're like, I pray to theirs. Lost is, lost is. And you've stopped believing. Believing is when you put faith with the prayer. Say, God, you hear me. You can do this through me. How many of you know we can become skeptics of prayer when we realize it's taken longer than we thought? And I believe that the church is becoming full of skeptics. But we've got to turn that around as people who are willing to believe God. Say, God, you said this, I'm going to believe it. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to move away from that. I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to believe you for whatever it is that you said you would do. If God said it, y'all need to help, help me out. He's going to do it. If God said it, he's going to do it. can stand with me as I close. Here's another thing that we do. God cannot be summed up in one prayer that you pray. But in the totality of who he is, is what we measure God off of. Not off of one prayer. The one prayer that you haven't got and all the other prayers that he has come through on, you can't base who God is off the one prayer that hasn't been answered yet. You have to go back and look at your life through the total, the total things, all the things that you've done and total all of that up. And you're gonna be able to say, God's faithful, God's faithful, God's faithful, God's waiting. Don't call him not faithful, just say God in waiting. I'm in waiting in this. Because what that will do is it will create a hardness of your heart if you're not putting it in before the Lord. You know, how, how sometimes we say, God, I believe you. You believe him because he exists. Believing God is not believing that he exists. It's believing that he wants to be involved. That's believing. Believing God is not saying, okay, I believe that there's a higher power up there. He knows me. He created me. That's not believing God. Believing God is knowing that the creator who created me wants to be involved in the assignment that my life is, is for. That's where believing shifts. That I'm willing to trust you, God, because you created me. And when you created me, you created me with a purpose and a plan. And that plan is being filtered through the things that I'm praying. And so I'm going to continue to trust you. Right? You have to know that God is involvement. He wants to be involved in your life. God hears. Say it with me. God listens, God answers. God hears, God listens, and God answers. And whenever you're moving into doubt, that's what you need to confess over your life. God hears, God listens, and God answers. And maybe you're gonna need it this week. Maybe you're gonna need it in four months. God, you hear me. 
God, I know you're listening to this prayer. God, I know you're going to answer it. So God, while I'm in the waiting, help me trust you. Lean on you. Not move in doubt. Stay in faith. Amen. If that's you this morning, maybe you've moved in doubt, skepticism, just praying and not believing. I want you to lift your hands this morning because I want to, I want to pray for you this morning. And it's so easy to get into a place of just praying. It's so easy to do. That's just what I'm supposed to do. That's my Christian duty is just to pray. Father, I lift up every single person with their arms raised to you, God, knowing, Father, the different things that they've prayed, but behind it, God, there wasn't this belief, this trust, this knowing, God, that you were capable and able and willing. So, Father, I pray right now that you would help them move into a state of believing and not questioning and not doubting. God, that you would help them through the intimacy of your spirit. Draw them into a place, God, that says, I want to be involved in your life. I care about you. I see you. And God, I'm wanting to do something in your life. So, Father, I lift up every single person in this room. Father, I thank you that you were shifting them out of just belief, out of praying into a believing state. God, into a place like Abraham, who said his faith grew stronger when the circumstances didn't line up with his, with his life. I thank you, Jesus, for the faith that you were increasing in our lives this morning. God, help us be people who are believers trust you who love you not because of what you will do but because of what you've already done this morning if you haven't made this Lord and Savior that we're talking about the Lord and Savior of your life we want to give you an opportunity this morning to to give him your heart to commit your life to him and maybe you've prayed this prayer in the past but you've moved away because of maybe a prayer that wasn't answered or you got caught up in different things but this morning you say I want to give my life and my heart to Jesus. I want to recommit my life and my heart to Jesus. If that's you, if you just slip your hand up real quick, you can set it back down. I just want to know who you are. So that's me. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else this morning? Say, that's me. I want you to pray this prayer with me, if you would, today. To say, dear Heavenly Father, I admit I'm a sinner, but I believe you, Jesus, died for those sins. You rose again on the third day to be my Lord, to be my Savior. I ask you, Jesus, to reveal the destiny and the purpose you have for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give them a hand this morning? We love you guys. We pray you have an incredible, incredible Christmas.